Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckstables? What the fucking ucks? I don't know. Hey, it's Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thank you for listening. I welcome you. I welcome you to the garage. I welcome you to my head. I welcome you to the show. By the way, Craig Ferguson on the show today. I went to his uh, place, not his house, to his office, to his place of work. I sat in an office with him. We talked for about an hour, and you're going to hear that in, in just a few minutes. But first, let me talk about me and my world. How's your world doing? It's weird what's happened in this neighborhood. I just There was a place down the street here. I've got to do a series of interviews around Highland Park, which is east. It's in the east part of Cal- of Los Angeles. I know uh, many of you know the Cat Ranch is, uh, is up here in Highland Park, but something's happening down there on York. For two months, we've been watching. There's this bakery down there, Ilsa's Bakery, where I used to go in and get um, Mexican cookies, uh, which are just different types of cinnamon bread things and macaroons they had good macaroons and some old guy like looked like he was 100 years old uh, used to bake at that place and his son that looked like he's on uh, polio crutches uh, used to work there but they're still down there but they they seem to have like either sold off or rented off half of their of their space and it was it's been under construction for like two months it's painted and as somebody who lives in the neighborhood and drives through it every day or drives by it every day you're just sitting there going what's that going to be what's going to be down the street is that going to be good is it going to be a place that i can use is it a hair salon but uh, all of a sudden it, it starts to be revealed that this may be a restaurant but so it's, it's it's about the size of my garage and uh it was called ba they wrote on the name there's a name on the wall of the place on the street, it just says "ba b a ba," and I still didn't know what the hell it was. Ba, what is that? Who names a place that? Ba, I don't know. And then I get an email out of nowhere. Some dude, guy named James, says, "Hey, I just opened up this restaurant down the street called Ba. Uh, maybe you'd like to check it out. I'm a big fan of your show. We listened to it while we were building the place. You've kept us company." So I went down there the other night. Turns out this cat James. Used to run with uh, Anthony Bourdain back in the day, back in the old days of New York, back when things were racy and rock and roll, before the Food Network, before the the chefs became rock stars, back when everyone was just dirty and covered in grease, walking around with their own knife. So he uh, sent me and Jessica up, and we had a beautiful dinner down there. It's a very lovely place. It's very small. There's only seats like, you know, it looked like maybe 20 people. It's uh, it's decorated very nicely, and you really feel like you've left the entire realm of Highland Park. I got to do an episode from right around here, from up in the hills. Maybe I can do it at Ba. It's not a plug; it's just my neighborhood. Things are changing. I'm ahead of the curve. When I when I got into this place, there was nothing up here. Houses were cheap, but maybe something's happening. Maybe maybe I have something to do with that. Maybe I can, please bring your business to Highland Parks. Open up a groovy thingy. Please, I am inviting you to start your groovy thingy, but I'm, maybe I'll open a restaurant. Fuck it. There's some groovy uh, you know, used clothing place down there now that's only open you know, on occasion when they feel like it. There's a lot of real estate down there. Come down to the neighborhood. Take a chance. 
There's a couple of dispensaries, though. So you've got that uh, you've got that element here. You've got your dispensaries, you've got your Mexican pet store, and you've got ba. I must I might have to really go into the hills. Maybe that's what I ought to do. Maybe that's my next move. Do the podcast from a remote location, a tent of some kind. Maybe that's it. Why don't I just open a store and sell all the shit I have in the garage? I God damn it, I can't I'm done. I had, I had to go look for some things from high school for a show. They asked me to find some artifacts from high school. I don't even have, I don't even know where that shit is. I think it's in storage. What am I, why am I amassing this? But I think I found it. I think I figured out why I don't have a lot of pictures of myself from, from a long time ago. There was a period there where I took a lot of pictures. I just went through a bunch of pictures and I'm getting to that age where there's no way to look at any picture of yourself from more than 20 years ago without a tinge of melancholy, without a tinge of sadness. Like, look at that guy. He was so lost and so wanting to be found, smoking a cigarette, acting like he's somebody else. Look at that poor kid. How can I help him? Is there any way I can reach back into this picture and tell him, dude, quit being so hard on yourself. You're not going to figure anything out for another 25 fucking years, you dumb little shit. So quit trying so hard. God, if I could only reach into pictures. There's all these pictures of me, you know, trying different facial hairs, different haircuts, different glasses frames, different weights, different women. I have, I lived a life. It's all right there in that metal uh, box. Can I have a garage sale? How would I, how should I go about it? Should I just, should I I have an eBay garage sale? How the hell should I do it? I can't really have everybody coming up to the house. Maybe I'll just go down the street. Maybe I'll do it on the street. Maybe I'll do it, uh, uh, New York homeless style, circa 1989. Just lay it all out there. Hang out on York. Maybe that's the angle. I'm gonna. Maybe I should open up a podcast store. What does that even mean? I'm deeply distraught to be late today. Uh, I don't think you were that late. Ten minutes is too late. If you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. How's that? I I I'm I'm with that. Yeah. I can yeah. I mean I was I, I tell my kids. I was early. Were you I 50 minutes early? Yeah, but I didn't come here. Uh, I went to a farmers market and got some, uh, some coffee. coffee. But there's more coffee. And a pe- I'm, I I can drink coffee all day long, Craig. Let's uh, see. That's something I aspire to. Do you? Uh, <laughs> I think once I once saw you driving in a vintage Bronco. Was that possible? Yeah, it's true. I got it from Danny Bonaducci. Oh. Uh, that, that carpet in that Bronco. Danny was using it when he yeah. was uh, using. Yeah, mm. uh, I always thought the carpet, and I still have that car. I thought if ever I run out of money, I'll. I'll Get the carpet, chop it up, sell it in little baggies. It probably yeah. has a street value of about $30,000. Sure, if you've garbage. got some sort of smell. Yeah, burn yeah. it down, melt yeah, it, extract. There's, there's stuff in there. Yeah, I'm sure. There's probably like angel dust and drugs that used to have. The, the, the high-grade stuff. <laughs> old school. Yeah, old school. What was angel dust? I never took angel dust. I think it was a horse tranquilizer, perhaps, or something like that. It was either an insecticide or a horse tranquilizer. Um, that was not your thing. I think I might have taken it by accident once. I, didn't it make you? Um, it made me want to continue to be a comedian. It was years yeah, ago. Yeah, pretty yeah. strong. It's <laughs> <That's> pretty strong <laughs> shit. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, happened. I guess we're working now, right? We're, we're always working. Yeah, I know. 
It doesn't need to change anything. No, it what doesn't. are you tired? No, a little bit. Uh, you know, I just uh, I just spent an hour um, in the company of my beautiful ex-wife. So uh, you know, I'm a, oh fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's all right. She's okay. She's not a bad person. You're being diplomatic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Because <laughs> no, you're on a on a microphone. No, Who she, would know? She's, no, you know, it's a long time ago. I mean, we divorced a long time ago. It's just you know, things got to be taken care of. The uh, you got a kid with her? Yeah. How so, many? One with her. And How then. old is he? He's ten. Oh, so they're young still. Yeah, yeah. How long were you married? Six years. And you were together for ten. And that was it. That was it. Uh, bad? We, we, no, it was, it was. I mean, no divorce is easy, but it's all right. Yeah, I, I have had two. I have no two kids divorces? though. Two divorces, no kids. I uh, see. Then, then you haven't been divorced. It doesn't count. You know, like who gets the CDs and stuff? That's not a divorce. Fuck. What me. about heartbreak? What about heartbreak? I, you know, not I'm not even, talking about barter. We're not talking about money. That's not even part of it. That's just like the heartbreak is just that's what happens before the divorce. Right. Right. But the divorce itself. Is, well, I don't know. Maybe you, you guys decided on yours or you were the one to leave. But uh, no, I no, was, no, no. She left you? Uh, I left the house, but she made me go. <laughs> well, what, did you do something or was no, it? No, we just ran out of steam. She's uh, she really is all right, actually. She's okay. We, so I mean, there's no heartbreak there. That just seems like uh, the beginning of a negotiating process, running out of steam. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. She's all right, though. She's all right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been divorced for eight years. Took her that long to recover from it? Yeah, kind of. You sapped her? You drained her of her life force? Yeah, that's right. It was all my fault. <laughs> Oh my fault! Oh my! So all right. So now you it's got your like shoes you know. off. Your feet are here. <laughs> yeah, my feet are here. Sorry, is that? that, is that I want you to be comfortable. Do you have a feet thing? I just want to. Do you have no. a feet thing? No. Like women in feet? any kind? No. You really? No. You strike me as being a guy who would maybe have. I'm a feet very thing. practical when it comes to sex. So just vaginas then? Vaginas and ears. That's no problem. Not ears, no. no. Just vaginas and yeah. you know, and uh, you know, I like I like the, everything involved, but I don't go out of my way to focus on any I like boobs, I yeah. like butts, feet, no. No. You? That depends on the foot, I guess. You know Does it really? You found have you found yourself with a foot in your mouth before and happy about well, that? I, no, I haven't gone, I'm much like you, I haven't gone, to, I haven't set out to get the foot in my mouth, but right. if one ends up in my mouth while I'm on the way Sure, to, you know, sure, sometimes. If it's a kind of... I guess know, this is happening. Right, that yeah, then that's fine. It's like, oh, <laughs> foot in my mouth, all right, fine. Uh, as long as we get to the other place, yeah, if I got to start here. Yeah, if this is what's needed, that's <laughs> fine. I'm, you, you know, there's always some kind of something. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to stick with this, but right. if this is what needed in this yeah. situation. Were you, uh, you weren't always a comic. Um, I guess no. I mean, I kind of my adult life I have been. Yeah, you always yeah. did stand up. Can since I, I was since I was about nineteen. Yeah. All right. I mean, can I ask you something before we get into the the proper yeah. interview? Now, the first time I did your show, yeah, you weren't there. Yeah, yeah, that's happened to during interviews as well. <laughs> no, I, I didn't feel that the second time. <laughs> I've never seen you not be present during an interview. If well, anything, you're ever present. Well, you know, not I critical. You know. Yeah, I guess. No, I wasn't there. Well, you, you know, a lot of the times we the comics get done uh, out of sequence. Right, but uh, but you just kind of, like, it was interesting. I've never had that experience before. I've done a lot of late-night shows where yeah. I'm about to go on, and the host says, good luck, and leaves the building. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I I have kids. i got to get home. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. How, how old's your second kid? Uh, he's only a year old. 
Are you still married to that woman? Yes, I am. Yeah. So you've only been divorced once? Uh, well, technically twice. What, what was he, where's the missing one? Uh, the, I was married in Scotland when I was 21, and we got divorced when I was 23. Oh. So I kind of doesn't really count. What led to that marriage? Alcohol, I think. Ah. Yeah. So yeah. what part of Scotland did you grow up in? Glasgow. That's a rough town, man. Well, actually, I didn't really grow up in Glasgow. I grew up in Cumbernauld, which is a, a an extra rougher, more unpleasant suburb of a rough town. I, I've, I was in Glasgow for maybe a week doing mm -hmm. a comedy festival, and I've yeah. never seen such a celebration of public vomiting in my life. You should see London, uh, the central London Soho. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any any night of the week, there's actually more vomit there. That's. I think the epicenter of all vomit activity. UK is, vomit? Probably. Well, I'd say European vomit. Oh, no uh, kidding. You know, uh, mm -hmm. the, is, and maybe even, although Boston does very well with vomit on sure, weekends, sure. I think London beats it. Uh, but you think it's a, maybe a global, international first place I competitor? Think, I think it's right up there. Yeah. yeah I think it, it was part of the Olympics bid. Yeah. I think. Yeah, for the vomit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in, I can't imagine what it was like to. Uh, to grow up uh, in Scotland, it was fucking terrible. Because I don't have any sense I think of it, it. I think it was good. I think it was good for some people, and yeah. I think some people of different personality types than mine, yeah, probably handled it very well. But I, I found it very unpleasant. Yeah, and what what what, what kind of racket was your folks in? My dad was uh, worked in the in the post office for forty five years. Oh my god! Yeah. What, just what, as a carrier? Or just no, he, stay, he did that for a while, but he became like a suit-wearing boss by the end of it. You know, he was... You know, telling he people where to put the mail? Yeah, yeah, telling the guys who were carrying the mail what, <laughs> what they should be doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, handling, you know, continents of mail, not just bags of mail, sure. huge trucks sure. in, yeah. you, all those trucks of mail all yeah. over there. Yeah, So he, he did very well, and, and my, uh, my mother was a grade school teacher. So your father was uh, a government worker. Yeah, he's got a pension. Looking for the got retirement. A no, he, my folks weren't. weren't I mean, they, w there wasn't much money when I was a kid. But by the time I was my mid to late teens, they were doing pretty good. They they were like they moved right. to a, a house that they owned, and uh, you know my dad had a car. Which his first new car I remember he bought was uh, there was still the Soviet Union. Yeah, and uh, you know the. Um, they were selling off these, uh, what were they called, uh, Lada? I think it was a Lada. It was either a Soviet car or some kind of Polish car, but it was the first brand new car he had when I was in my mid-teens. But it was definitely a communist car. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. bright orange, though. I do remember that. And it was, uh, I mean, I think it cost like 500 bucks or so. But it was brand new. It was yeah. Brand new. So what was their big plan for you in uh, there when they... In what, what Cumberland you said? Cumbernauld. Cumbernauld, and what yeah. that was some sort of uh, what housing complex? Yeah, it's kind of a. It, it's hard to describe it. It's a little bit like a, if you've ever been to one of the larger East European bloc cities, um, like uh, you know Gdansk or um, Moscow, even the, on the outskirts of these cities, they have vast tracts of public housing. Right. Uh, that's kind of what Cumbernauld is or was. And how they end up there. Uh, because there was cheap housing there right. when they were, you know, newly married, so, right? And they had four kids. Jeez, and so, they were, and was uh, was probably just post-war kind of thing. Yeah, well, I was born in '62. My oldest, '62. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, yeah. Why? I was born in '63. 
Let's see, I'm older than you. A year older. Are you, than me. Are you judging me? For yeah, that? a little bit. Why, why? I don't know. I didn't. I, I you don't think I'm older than you? I think I look a little older than you. Well, I'm not going to say anything. I think well, you look yeah, fine. I mean, well, I am. You're being diplomatic. Now. I am. You have a fragile show business ego. I don't want to push I, any I buttons. I don't know how fragile mine is. Is yours fragile? Yeah, I'm very sensitive. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. I used to be. I think this show is taking care of that. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, it's been kind of demystified. What, a little bit. It's beaten out of you? Well, a little bit. I mean, people are so fucking mean. They are, when right? You start, when you start doing a show like this, yeah. like the first... The late show. Yeah, with the first the first year. Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, Why doesn't he go fuck? home? Yeah, fuck you, you know. <laughs> well, well, I don't understand him. He's a douche. Is he gay? No, it's his accent. What the fuck? Everything. Then, then I guess the way you transcended that was not going to the uh, chat boards. Not going to don't the go home. to the comment sections. Don't go. Well, to the yeah, that takes a little longer. That takes about three oh, years. Thank you, go. Aaron. How do you drink your coffee? Uh, um, I drink the lattes. You do. I do, but they're non-fat. No, I thought I was. I take you for and then maybe you're a latte guy. All right. Well, what do you what think? Do you? you thought I was black coffee? I drink black coffee. Well, it's because you're yeah exciting. Yeah, I don't. Know I think you were probably if you were in a comic, you'd have been a detective. No, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I an do unusual not, detective. I, uh, yes, where, where I was just trying to figure myself out. No, no, I think you, I think you would figure yourself out. And that's the kind of detectives that do well on TV. Like, mm. you'd be a detective, and yeah. you'd be, like, insecure about shit, and yeah. worried about what yeah. other detectives think of you on yeah. your websites and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, you'd get there in the end, and, and you'd be like, you know... Um, Oh, just more one more question. Yeah, be one of those. Right, guys. right. I don't mean to bother you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife loves your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Columbo. Yeah, I think he was called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me I'd be Columbo. No, I'm saying you could be a, like a postmodern Columbo. I'm not saying like you need to wear the coat or anything or have the what, eyebrows. Are you? But you, you, you could kind of do it. Are I we think. writing a show? I'm thinking. I listen. I, I you've you know, got a production company. I, don't you? I've got a production company. Maybe we should make a call. Do you, I think you'd be good at that. You have a deal with CBS? You I got of course a, I do. A first yeah. look deal? Yeah. I guess I'm on the phone. Let's do it. bring him down here. I've never done an episode they'll, like they'll that. They'll probably come over. Improvise a, we improvise a show pitch right. to some executives. I think I think it would work. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it would work. I think you as a detective and maybe me as your boss. Yeah. Yeah. In well, real life, not on the show. Like, it would be my production company, and I'd say, oh. hey. Well, I like the idea of you as my boss on the show. No, I don't want to What would be. that dynamic be? No, I don't want to be that. Haven't yeah. you solved it yet, Marin, in a Scottish accent? Well, I could say, like, when I could pretend. Yeah. Well, we could be, like, I could be your boss on yeah. loan from Scotland Yard. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. And, we, and it starts because we have to solve an international case. Right, it's an international crime, and I'm like... Oh, do come along, Marin. Yeah. Put on your trousers. Yeah, and let's go right, solve right. this crime. You'll be like, address? I don't speak your limey right. douchebag language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, oh, now, yeah. do you enjoy tea? Yeah. Look, a murderer. That's it'd, be, it'd work well. And would you say things like, that's not the proper way to question? That's right. Uh, yeah. you, know, you question like this. Yeah. I say, yeah, yeah. where were you, yeah. Inspector? We'd be smoking a pipe and wearing a hat. Nah, yeah. it's too on the nose. Oh. I'd be smoking a hat and wearing a pipe. Oh, yeah, shit. That would be my... See, tr- that would be my... I'd be my... That's that absurd imagination I'd be making up. I'd be, I'd be deconstructed. Yeah, I think it's fucking brilliant. And that's I'd be right. naked, I think. That's too much. Oh, that's sorry. cable. I know. We're still I, talking about CBS. Oh, that's right. I thought maybe we could produce it here and sell it to Showtime. Oh, no. No, it doesn't work no, that no. way? Let it go. I've, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm not doing. Let's it go now. back to. Uh, I Cumber- quit the show. Cumber- <laughs> I just quit really? the show. I do. Quit? I quit the show. I never did with. Now you. I'm fucking hung out to dry. You it, renegotiate yeah. your contract. Yeah, that's it. You're done. Because I showed up on set naked once. That, that's it. You I even was talked trying about to change it. things. Mm-hmm. All right. So 
let's let's get to the drinking part. Oh God, I thought you'd well, never ask. No, but what was the uh, what was your parents' plan for you? I mean, what what were you heading towards? I think what they would have liked is if I had gotten some kind of trade in the shipyards or something like a welder or an electrician or something. Did like you that. start going that direction? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I I uh, I went to. Uh, I worked at an American factory called Burroughs Machines. Burroughs Machines. Yeah. It's the Burroughs family. Yeah, it was the Burroughs family. It was William yeah. Burroughs family. A distant and, cousin. Distant, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was very... Uh, there were some hallucinogenics taken when I sure. was working there. But, oh, yeah? But not by any members of the Burroughs family. No. Only by me and a couple of other apprentices. But you did look at the factory slogan, uh, slogan there, the brand name, Burroughs. Burroughs. So and thought, trip. well, uh, we're close. hallucinogens will be required. Right. Maybe a, a heroin habit. Yeah. Um, so I I, uh, I did work for them for a couple of years as a trainee electronics technician. Did you carry any of that into your adult life? Can no. you fix shit? No. No. No, I can't. Didn't I can stick. fly airplanes, but I learned that. But much that's later new, on. isn't it? Huh? That's new, right? Yeah, yeah. That's much later on. But I wonder if that's not connected in some way. That like I desire. There's a great deal of order required in both of them, and there are absolute rules, and that's that's different to show business. So I guess that's what. Was kind of so. Are you a latent control freak of some kind? I don't think there's anything latent about it. I, <laughs> I, 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 I think that the, uh, I think the control freak thing though is, uh, hey Aaron, can you close that door, please? <laughs> See, I said please. See, I like thanks. Aaron. Thank you. Um, so I think that uh, control because there's so little of it in show, but you know what that is. You're coming. There's no so little control. What you can control is how you handle the audience. Right. Right? That's what you get to control. So, and everything else you don't know what, what, the, what the fuck's going to happen. You don't have that much freedom on your show? I mean, on this can, show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, especially as time goes on. The longer I'm on the air, uh, the more they just don't know what to do. You know, they, they let you do stuff. The thing is, the network were always kind of like that. They've always been very cool with me. Why? I think because I knew Les before I came here. Moonves, yeah, the head of CBS. Moonves was, uh, he hired me at Warner Brothers for the Drew Carey show. Yeah. When I, it was like one of my first jobs when I came to America. So when I went up for this job, I kind of had a, a he, we had a kind of pre-existing relationship and he was, because he's been, an, he's actually very cool. Guys who are at the very top are usually pretty cool. It's the ones in the middle who are a pain in the ass. Yeah, the frightened ones. Yeah, because they're frightened that the guy at the top is going to give them a hard time. But the guys who are actually not, you know, worried about that, they tend to be pretty cool. So he was always very cool. And Letterman was completely hands-off about the whole thing. He didn't really care, I don't think, as long as it didn't embarrass him in some way. What's what's the relationship there? He just has say over the time slot? Who, Dave? Yeah. Uh, Dave's company owns the production company that makes the show. That's the and you don't you don't deal with him at all. No, I mean I see Dave when I go to New York, but like because you have to, like hey, no, uh, no, not really. I do the show. Yeah, I, I mean it's Dave. It's David Letterman. He's a comedy icon. I mean, right. And he's not that accessible, really. No, I don't. Uh, I don't hang out with Dave, yeah. but I don't know how many people do. That's right. Yeah, yeah. but uh, do you feel like you're next in line or what? No, no, I, I don't want to get into that. That's, see, I think when I watched what happened to Conan and all of that stuff, you know, be careful with what you try and get and what you wish, wish for. You know what I mean? The, it led to such unhappiness for everybody. You know, I think the desire for, I mean, they pay me pretty good to do this show and I get to do what I want. And I think, you know, having ambitions for, you know, Dave's crown is not, really a, a way to happiness for me well no but not necessarily ambitions but i mean obviously the conversations are had 
Uh, I mean, I'm just saying whether it's an ambition or not, is is the conversation there? Um, No, Mm. really. I think the conversations are had, but not with me in the room. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing they've been had, but they've not been had. Would you do the job? No. Hmm. No, I don't think I would. Too much pressure? I don't. I, I would do it if they'd let me do uh, let me do what I do, but I would never do it if like if what I wouldn't want to have happened to me what happened to Conan on the Tonight Show. I wouldn't want that, right? You know, like you know where he got, you know, he tried to make a different show and it made him unhappy and right. ultimately unsuccessful. Um, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that. Well, it'd be interesting because like I mean, not unlike Conan's old show. I mean, your audience is it's like ten people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very interesting. Not, not even some yeah. nights, I think. Yeah, it's like five or six people. They need yeah, you yeah. guys. Yeah, depends some... if you're on. Then like, I lose the, most of them. Yeah, uh, then, it's just had, the people, then it's just your family, right? Just the people I brought. Sure, right. Sure. Yeah. I, well, that was comfortable for me. Well, it doesn't matter to me as long as <laughs> as long as CBS are cool. I'm and cool. Yeah, you weren't as long there. as the robot still plugged in <laughs> and the horse still runs out. I'm you fine. left anyways. That yeah, first, yeah, I wasn't there. <laughs> like like the show. <laughs> I wasn't even watching. Yeah, you, you took off, show. man. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. when they cut it in, you acted like, "Yeah, okay, thank you, hey, Mark." Yeah, yeah. Did I do finger pistols at you? That's how you know. Oh no, uh, is that is that your trick? Yeah, like, yeah That's yeah. how you I do finger pistols off camera, the and then you you know that's how you, if you want to look like my buddy on the show, yeah. you record your comedy bit. Yeah, do I finger, do finger pistols at the end. Okay, <laughs> gives me a nice cut. And, all right, and all right. Edit point. So you started on the Drew Carey show, but like going back, like just after you got done, when you quit your life, no electrical work. Did you go? To, you didn't go to college? No. You just what happened after that? I, well, I was well, I was drinking all through high school. You know, right. We were, I mean, we all sure kind of did. It's part of it, right? Yeah. Being Scottish. Bit, yeah. Is that wrong of me to say? No, I think it's ingrained in the culture, and um, I think it's a very. Not for everyone. I mean, I'd hate to give the idea that all Scottish people are as fucked up as I am. That's not true. You know, they're some fabulously gifted, talented people. I just wasn't, you know. and You're obviously talented. I mean, you're sure, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an unusual way for uh, someone of my socioeconomic group of that time to be. I mean, I had a talent which was completely fucking worthless. Right. You know, there were no comedy clubs. There was no... Uh, there was no outlet for it other than, you know, it was a survival technique. It wasn't really a a, um, a career choice. Right. And what happened was that when I, because I had played drums, and so my older brother had a drum kit, so it was in the, in the house and I'd play it. He got bored with it and I continued to play with it. And then I joined band. The punk rock happened when I was 15 and everybody was in a fucking band. Everybody. So I, I, and I had a drum kit, so I got to be in any band I wanted to be in because most people didn't have drum Could kits. Could you play? Yeah, I'm okay, you know, and, and, and then I, uh, and then I kind of, I got into bands in Glasgow, which is a slightly bigger deal, you know, that these bands had, you know, were playing gigs and had a van and were touring and playing in London. Did you make the, records? Yeah, I made a couple bad ones. Which you know, ones? Independent which band? records. Oh, God, there were uh, a band called Exposure. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, a band called the Dream Boys, but this was before Naked Stripper, right. Stripper, Dream Boys. It was more H.P. Lovecraft. Oh yeah, Boys. Oh yeah, Gothic, uh, Gothic. Yeah, yeah. kind of, kind of even pre. You can't be pre-Gothic if you're in this century, but you know what I'm talking. But about. you were hard, was it hardcore punk or just? Uh... Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it was actual punk rock. It hadn't taken hold as being this kind of sub section that it is now it was it was beginning it right was, no right sure. so it was there was a kind of outcast feel to right. it it was 
it was really for snotty fucking losers is what yeah. punk was for and it really worked for me you know now it, it's kind of like it's a it's almost like a fashion choice i think sure i mean it became it got integrated later yeah, sure, but it, it, everything the beginning. does but but it, but for a while there it, it wasn't and that and it, i think it got me at a very pivotal point in my life because you know instead of love and peace it was hate and war instead of you know it was like fuck everything yeah. anybody over you know 20 is not to be trusted all did, that did you, you know, feel that were you angry guy oh yeah, yeah. really yes yes of course we full of the hate yeah did I, you kick some ass did you beat some people up i think i probably on balance was beat up more than i than i did any beating up i hit a few people pretty hard but I got, I got beat up pretty It good. seems like fighting is part of that whole thing. Like well, being fighting, Scottish fighting and, and... Fighting and whiskey yeah. kind of goes together. I mean, it's like that particular... Like if tequila is a particular madness, whiskey... For me, certainly, whiskey was a fighting run. You drink whiskey, you go fighting. I mean, that's just... Really? That's the way it felt, yeah. But you usually got your ass kicked? Yeah, I'd say 60-40. What was your whiskey? Well, I ended up... Uh, I mean, I would drink blended whiskeys when I was a punk kid, but... When I had uh, I had my chance, I would drink Highland Park. You ever drink Highland Park? Uh-uh. It's a whiskey made in Orkney, in the, the which are islands off the north coast of Scotland. Had Orkney. you been there? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Did you, you went to the factory? No, I never went. To the, <laughs> by the time I went there, it wasn't a good idea for me to go to the factory. Um, but I want to see the guy that makes my thing. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I didn't. No, but the time, I, I, if I was going at that point, I'd say I want to see the guy that was trying to kill me. <laughs> but uh, no, I. I I drank whiskey and I and I drank beer and just got all fucked up and but anyway the 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 that's how I kind of drifted into show business because of the punk rock thing that's what opened the door in a weird way how so because it was an acceptable form of show business for working class boys and nothing really was before that you couldn't say to someone I want to be an actor you get your fucking head kicked in. right you know this is before fucking train spotting or any of that there's no fucking it's story. not before James Bond. No, it's not before James Bond, but I mean, Sean Connery went to London and was dancing on the stage of you know, right. So that the idea, so that would be worse to say. That would be terrible. Yeah, but but the thing is, that's why Sean Connery is so fucking tough because yeah. he became an actor. Yeah, out of a tough neighborhood in Edinburgh. Yeah, in the nineteen well, he was what nineteen fifties when he came to yeah. Providence. Yeah. That would be fucking bad. Yeah, you couldn't sell that. I want to dance and then perhaps... Yeah, I'd like to be on the stage doing <laughs> South Pacific. There is nothing like a dame. That's what he was doing. <laughs> you can't imagine it, but that's what it was. Like that big hairy man. Is Valley that, High is calling. Is that an easier impression to do for you because you're Scottish? Oh, it's... Yeah, it's is it just a It's tweak? in the curriculum. It's it is? In, yeah, you, you learn it in second grade in Scotland. Yeah. Sean Connery and Michael Caine. <laughs> is Michael Caine Scottish? Easy, very easy. I don't know why. Just simple, easy, very easy to do. Bish, bosh, diggly dong, bing, splash. There you go. Bosh. All right, Batman. <laughs> He's so good. The two of them and the man who would be king. Best what fucking a great movie. Fucking best movie. fucking movie. You know, though, uh, when they were trying to make that, John Huston was trying to make that movie. He started off with Errol Flynn and Humphrey Bogart. That's how long it fucking took him to make that movie. It's a weird movie because it's really like a, a strange Freemason movie. Yeah, it is. Like it's a secret society movie. Yeah, and it they, it's like uh, and they trace they trace it all the way back. It's great. It's a fantastic movie. It's the end of that wrote the story. Yeah, the yeah. end of that movie is awesome. Yeah, when they sing on the bridge. Oh, uh, yeah, he sings on the bridge and then. Michael Caine gets the head. He gets the head. Oh. Brings it back. Yeah, that's right. Ten shillings was ten shillings to paint Major McCrinnan. 
So just, all right, so how'd you get started doing comedy in a punk band outside of it, the ironic part of it? Well, you see, here's the thing. Yeah. At, at the same time there was, uh, as punk rock, was there was a, this kind of slight, it was a kind of a movement called alternative comedy in Britain, and it was different a little bit than what they call alternative comedy. It was comedy, older, you know? it was before, it was, uh, who were they? Not Simon Munnery, it was... Uh... Yeah, it was Alexi Sale yeah. and, and uh, Rick Mail and Ed Edmondson and, um, you know... The Definitely. 70s? Late 70s? Late 70s, yeah. These guys, they, now, these guys are all about five or six years older than me, which means nothing now, but meant a lot then. Right. So they were in their early 20s, and I was in my teens. So they were kind of doing the, the sort of punk rock equivalent of, R- of Right. Comedy. It was very informed by punk rock. Yeah. And, and so uh, when it led to shows like The Young Ones. And, right. You know, and that kind of thing. But it, it was... Uh, that was how it happened, because in... In punk rock or in music circles then, there was a great love of the idea of the some kind of anarchic comedy. And so a lot of times bands would be introduced by comedians. And that's kind of how I started. The, you uh, said you could do that? You thought in your head? No, the rest of the band thought I could do it. I actually would never have put myself up for it. And I did do it. The first time I did it was at a punk festival at the ICA Gallery in London. And... Um, the uh, I was wearing a kilt because I thought that would be funny, and I was so nervous. My knees were actually moving; like, you, you could see them moving, and yeah. all these Cockney punks down the front were shouting, "It's nice and knocking! It's nice and knocking! It's nice and It's like, oh fuck, this is awful. They, they saw three. Yeah. It was like this is. Uh, it was the worst feeling I ever had in my life. I couldn't wait to do it again. And he went up as you. <laughs> yeah, I went up as a character called Bing Hitler. Because I thought that would get their attention, but I never thought beyond the name. The name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, "Good evening, I'm Bing Hitler," and then I, I got a laugh, and then I had nothing. You know, it's like, That's oh it. shit! Uh, and then it's days of knocking. But it was odd, though. That there's a very odd feeling now, and I only, I only professional com- or comedians who have survived any length of time, I think, understand this. You, the failure is almost as exhilarating as the success. The failing on stage is almost as much fun in a weird, fun? twisted it's, it's, fucking way. Well, I always felt that, like, y- y- you know exactly who you are and what you're doing. Right. And, it, it, and there's a romance to it. You're story. all alone right. in front of I, 100 people. It's like any any misery you've ever felt in your life is no more... It's not self-pity anymore. You're completely accurate. Everybody fucking hates yeah. you. Yeah. And you can feel it in your <laughs> you chest. You can feel it, yeah. Yeah. And it's... There's is that some, fun? It, uh, there's a certain attraction there's, It's exhilarating. To it. Yeah, there's a certain attraction to it, yeah. Once you can own it, once that moment where you're like, oh, this is going badly. Yeah. And, I'm, and I can't go anywhere. I once saw Lou Black <laughs> die on stage at the Edinburgh Festival. And it was one of the most horrendously difficult, angry crowds I'd ever seen in my, my life. And I didn't know Lou at the time, and I and I watched him, and he was having a terrific time. Was he going at him? Yeah, he was. He was opening up on him. He was fucking fearless. And see, you know, people talk about comedians being fearless. It's, there's nothing fearless when the room's with you. No. When the room's with you, there's nothing fucking fearless in that. Like, it's great. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's you could sweep through it. Yeah. yeah. 
when the room's fucking 100% uh, then you're you. like in it fucking that's let's go you can mix it up a little yeah bit. that's fun yeah know? i can't imagine him like to him for him tanking with the amount of energy he brings to a performance it, is, is just, it was great to watch he was really great and what, i talked to him about it years how many later, that must have been years ago uh, like it was before, a long time before he was big yeah it was, it was before he became successful right i remember him then because he was doing the same kind of thing then yeah but uh it, he uh he hadn't quite honed it, I guess, or it hadn't become... He wasn't on The Daily Show yet. Right, well, there wasn't that. Um, and they just were... Oh, they were terrible to him. I was there once in Edinburgh. I'll never go back. Really? You didn't like it? Well, I didn't have any cachet. I was there with small audiences. It was a real fight to get people in, and it was just like... It just... I don't like crowds, generally speaking. Yeah. And well. that thing is such a clusterfuck, and yeah. uh, it's a month. So it's, a, it's a month. Were you sober when you went? Yeah. Yeah, see, that's your problem. I, I did my first five Edinburgh festivals before I got sober. When you then, after I got sober, I did it twice and never went back. When did you get sober? 92. Well, you've been sober a while. Yeah, it's coming up on 20 years. Oh, you're an old statesman. Yeah, getting that way. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of freaking me out, actually. It's, it's actually in about two weeks from now. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so what, what what did he Bing Hitler evolve into then to get you a career? You know, I started doing some character stuff about yeah. you know some very very Scottish things with this name that became a character. The name was actually one of the other guys, Peter Capaldi, who's now a very famous actor in Britain. He thought up the name, um, and I stole it from him. And then he, uh, I, I I turned it into this kind of mad Scottish. If it's not Scottish, it's crap character. But before that was on. Saturday Night Live, and then I, uh, I, I kind of just did that. And then when you do that, I guess what happened was that theaters and stuff, because there was no comedy club, so I would do it in bars. But the bars is where like theater directors and actors and shit would would work. Like it wouldn't wouldn't all work in men's bars. It was some kind of arty bars. So like so they Michael Boyd at the Tron Theater. This guy who since went on to the Royal Shakespeare Company, he was running a tiny little theatre in Glasgow called the Tron Theatre. And he said, you should come and do stuff in the theatre. And I'm like, fuck yeah, because they're sitting down and they're pointed at you. And the bar's not even in the same room. They're not saying your knees are knocking. Yeah, I mean, they want you to succeed. And they did. And I kind of, he used to have this kind of talent night uh, the first thing I did, he had a talent night in the bar, the gong show, and people would get sure. gonged off, you know. Yeah. And and I, I did it one night, I did it, and I came second. I did well. I lost to a a very old man, a very old Scotsman who played uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky on a harmonica, and he sh- he should have won. He was fucking great. You can't top that. Uh, you, 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 old I guy and you harmonica. Yeah. You'd be Richard Pryor. This guy's going to beat you. Yeah. You know. Um, and he was he was fantastic. What but, did you do? Uh, you know, I I did my shtick. I did my. Uh, What'd that look like? It was this character. Yeah, and a, and a comedy song. <laughs> right, but as a character, like a, you were mocking the Scottish thing. Yeah, I was like a, a super kind of extra. I guess the equivalent now is if you did a very very right wing conservative character, it would be a similar. Kind of right. uh, parody, and who were the guys in? I mean, was Billy Connolly around? Who were Billy your was the only one. Billy was the only uh, the only comic in the in the on in the... Scotland. Yeah. yeah, there's only one I'd ever heard of. You know, um, <laughs> Billy was the only one. Billy was like Elvis. Before yeah. Billy, there was nothing. Yeah, um, and then and there was no others. None. None. Yeah, um, and then he uh, certainly is good though. Oh, he's fantastic. You ever seen him live? Yeah. Oh, my God, 
He does two, two and a half hours. Well, I once I was at the Aspen Comedy Festival, and, and you know he was sitting eating breakfast by himself, mm-hmm. and he knew I was doing a one-person show there, and he invited me to eat breakfast with him. The the thing about Billy is the charisma doesn't change. Right. Like So you're sitting there eating breakfast with that. And he's full on, yeah. <laughs> no, it's the thing about Billy is he's the, he does two and a half hours, then he comes off stage and looks for another two and a half hours to do. Before yeah, he, yeah. He, it's, it's, it's like a... It's like a tick with him. He, he, he doesn't stop. Did but you do that kind of storytelling? I do now. Yeah. I, I no. Yeah. I see that now. Yeah. I don't. I didn't immediately. I think that comes after with a bit of confidence. I, I a think little to more ask the age. Audience, yeah. Well, and also a bit. Uh, it's difficult to ask an audience to go with you when you're fighting every line to get a laugh. You know. Yeah. So if you. If you don't have the confidence to ask the audience to make a journey with you, yeah. it's going to be a while before you start telling any stories. That that's definitely a confidence. That was a couple of years before I started doing. Well, that. how much alcohol was it fueling your uh, your confidence? I don't know. I mean, I whenever Did I you, asked, were you drunk you might, on stage? Oh yes, yes. To the point where it would get ugly, or yeah, 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 absolutely. I think I hit a guy once in the Rock Garden in Glasgow. Hit a heckler. Yeah, it's very hard to get the audience back once. once you, no, once, once you blood one. is drawn. <laughs> once you hit one of them, it's very hard to get them. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some guys going, my eye, <laughs> my <laughs> eye. No, I, I actually, yeah. I, I laid him out. Actually, you did. Yeah, he fucking needed it, little prick. And you um, didn't have the audience on your side. No. Just, well, I did right up yeah. to the point where I fucking put him in the deck, and then uh, the tables turned. So where so were ultimately he won, I suppose. So when did you come to the states? I came over, it was kind of like intermittently. I came over early on when I was 21 years old. I I was, I met this girl and we went to New York City. Yeah. And I was working in construction. Um, to earn, I was an illegal immigrant. Illegal immigrant. Yeah, yeah. So I was in New York City. I was living in the East Village and I... Where in the East Village? 11th Street above Venero's Bakery. I know where that is. Yeah, exactly. Was what year? 84. No shit. I was on second between A and B. I used to I, I used to uh, in do the door at Save the Robots. When that Save was right at my corner. When Save the Robots opened up. I was on the door there. Dimitri Solzhenitsyn, who opened the club. I knew him. It was the After Hours Club. Oh, yeah. It didn't open until three. Yeah, I was, there, I was there in 89. That's when I lived there. Wow. No, 89, I was already long gone. I'd gone back to Scotland. Ran away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Save yeah. the Robots. You were a bouncer? First couple of nights, it was open, yeah. And that was it? Yeah, I'm not cut out for that. <laughs> so you were there two days? Yeah, I mean, I still went. I just didn't have an official title after that. So you're working construction, hanging out after hours, uh, saving yeah, hours. Yeah, and working uh, in a, a dance theater group. You were dancing? Yeah, the American Moderns Dance Theater. How the fuck did you end up there? This gay guy came up to me in a bar and said, you want to be in my dance troupe? And I was like, yeah, all right. And, uh, and actually, it was for real. And... I joined this. It was a theater company. Did you know how to dance? No, it, it's experimental dance. You just, you know, put on a leotard and wave your arms around. Yeah, and yeah. And I, I mean, they, they would, I would go up to, they had this big studio at the New York City Ballet and they would, you know, everybody would go and dance and shit. I was really there to have sex with the girls. Uh-huh. And, and and there's very little And disappoint the guy that got you into the trip. So, uh, you know, them's the breaks. Yeah. But they, uh, you know, the, the thing is, though, um, it worked out because I, I kind of enjoyed it. And uh, I was 21. You yeah. Know, I didn't do, you didn't do anything. 
I could do anything. Yeah. I could work all day, do coke all night, then fucking nothing yeah. touched me. Yeah. You know, if I have a fucking, you know, if I have a steak after nine o'clock at night, I'm, I have a fucking hangover for three days. Now. Yeah, yeah, and it's you bad, know? right? It's bad. Um, Getting old is it's hard on your body. It's not for pussies. No, no, a lot of people get out of it. Yeah. So, all right, so then you go back to Scotland, and then how do you all of a sudden have an American television show business career? Did you do TV no, there? Well, you... So I'm doing this Bing Hitler thing, and it actually starts taking off. It Bing Hitler's still existing. Yes, I start doing it. and it, and it add more to it? Add more to it, add a little more character to it. It starts becoming a bit of a thing. It's kind of fun. What's the probably. character? It's characters, like I say, it's like oh, a, that guy. It's that still guy. that guy, all right. right. So then what happens is I'm working at the Tron Theatre in Glasgow and I'm doing the Edinburgh Festival. You did a one part, you put together an hour. You called it Bing Yeah, Miller. it was half, half hour, half hour. I was on, I was sharing the stage with uh, four um, guitar players from Dundee who played Django Reinhardt songs. Really? Yeah, they were Well, good. that's hard, yeah. yeah. So they were, uh, they were on for the first half hour and then I'd be on for the second half hour and... Um, and weirdly enough, it was a huge fucking underground hit. I mean, it was the show didn't start till one a.m. And I, because I was like the only Scottish comedian, I think for a lot of people there, just the idea of seeing a Scottish comedian while you were in Edinburgh, and then why not? And also because it's pretty good, you know. I was, I was drunk, but I was on it. You yeah. Know? And and I, by that time, I'd racked up a little bit of airtime. I mean, I, you know, I. I had done some work in New York. I'd you know done a little bit at the Comedy Store uh, when Lucian Hold was there at the Comic Strip. Comic Strip, yeah. sorry. And um, I had done a little bit in the theater, the American Modern Dance Theater, which sure. was a you know this gay bar downtown, which became uh, Coyote Ugly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it was like first and nine or something like that. And then I uh, so I it was doing okay. And I did the Edinburgh Festival, and I got an agent from London. This agent from London came to see me and said, you know, you, you can do well. And so I got some gigs actually in comedy clubs where Alexi Sale was playing, where Rick was playing, where, you know, these guys were. And then... Like well, Jonglers and stuff? Or right. Comedy I, I store? never actually played Jonglers, but I played all the other ones. Comedy you know, the store? Comedy store. And yeah. All these and eventually what happened is... As Bing Hitler. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. the Bing Hitler stuff. And then... Uh, Bruce Hills and Andy Nolman turn up from the Montreal, right? And then they, it's a Scottish comedian. They're trying to have an international festival. They find a comedian from Scotland. They're like, "Fuck, found we one. Try. We got one." And Billy, right? So <laughs> and they can't get Billy because he's yeah. too expensive. So they get me. Yeah. And I go over and I do well in Montreal. What year is that? Eighty-seven. Now I drop the Bing Hitler thing. I start using my own name and I do stand-up. And I'm still drunk. And it's not as good. But two years later, I go back to uh, Montreal 89. This time, I've lost a little weight. I'm, you know, I'm kind of, you know that inconsistent way drunks are? Some nights they're great, some nights they're not so sure. great. So one night, I go out on the gala and I fucking kill. It's right. just great. CBS in 1989 fly me in here to LA I, and say, we'll put you on a deal. They give me a deal. I do a pilot. When you get this, I do a pilot with... Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. Zach Braff, yeah. uh, and a couple of other people who are there like in their late teens at the time. I'm in my, I'm like 25, 26. Uh, and it's this about high school where they're at high school and I'm the teacher. That, and I'm oh. out of my fucking mind, the whole pilot. Well, just booze or blow too? Uh, blow by this time yeah. you know, a little bit. But mostly mostly my thing was booze. Yeah, anyway. yeah. And blow was just a kind of Keep like you a drinking. vitamin. Keep you drinking, sure. Know? It's a vitamin yeah. for drinking. Yeah. Uh, and then... I did that, and the pilot didn't go, so I think, I'm fucked in America, I'll never work again. So I, I go back to Britain, and I get a theater job playing Brad Majors 
in the Rocky Horror Show in the West End in London. And it's wall-to-wall drinking. That's already coke. a revival at that time. Right, right, yeah. but, it's, but it's a big show. It's right. a big yeah, West End yeah. show, right? So I'm in the show, and the show's doing well. And then I, uh, I, you know, I run out of steam. <laughs> I just run out of steam, and I and I Burnt get sober. Out. You know, I I know 92. some people. Who, you know, how how bad did that bottom look? Uh, well, you know, I, I was. Was it dark? Was it like yeah, I want? I'm all, it's I've over. I've talked a lot about it. Oh, you have. You know, it's it's kind of like, yeah, I was suicidal and stuff. You know, for I real mean, or just self pitying? <clears throat> you know, I'll never know. I guess self pity because here I am. So I guess not for real, but you know, it felt real at the time. But um, you never tried. No. No, no, not seriously. You know, I thought deeply about right, it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's relieving. You, you, yeah, it's, that's what selfish people do. nature. Yeah, of, it is. Of, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, after I get sober, that's when uh, things began to change. I mean, I've been sober now almost 20 years. I've been sober much longer than I ever drank alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think the danger is, this is why I never go on the Dr. Drew or any of these uh, shows and talk about alcoholism. It's very difficult for me to, to define my life by that one thing. I'm, right. that, I'm still an alcoholic is beyond doubt, but it doesn't mean to say that alcohol is a problem in my life because it's not. It fucking could be in a heartbeat, but it's not right now. So I don't, I don't really kind of try, I try to stay away from that kind of professional it's a little Well, thing. it's a little exploitive and it's also like it, it honors the, uh, the, uh, the sort of uh, the parameters of the secret society is that, you know, I mean, when you represent the disease, uh, if you are getting sober in the way that many of us get sober, you, you know, you're supposed to keep it to yourself because, you know, well, yeah, because it has to work on its own. I don't speak for any other. Yeah. Like, the organization, as loose as it is, that got me sober, I am not a spokesman for That's so right. I can't speak for And they don't want you to either. They don't want me to. They yeah. told me they don't want me to. Like it's if anything. I needed some help and we turned the mics off, we'd have a conversation. Then that'd be a different thing. <laughs> yeah. But when the microphone's on, they have specific instructions That's about right. what I can't can say. And many people within... That loose they still do, yeah, sure. They do it, and they've also accused me of doing it. And I say, go back and look, motherfucker. I've never mentioned it. Yeah, never. Yeah, because I don't. I never yeah, mentioned and, it. And, and, and it never it was brought up to me by somebody because I've <clears> talked <throat> about it on the show. And they right. say the reason that they say you don't talk about it is because if you go down, then you're bringing that down with you. Right, of course. I yeah, mean, I never thought I mean, about it yeah, like that. I mean, it's like if you go down, then then people can go, well, oh, look, no it doesn't work. Yeah, look, see? <laughs> yeah look at that then, asshole. And other guys die. Cause, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just, I, I, I really try and respect that. I mean, I, I do respect it. Well, so, the interesting thing about sobriety is that it's much more difficult to be sober than it is to drink. Yeah. And, and really actually stopping drinking once you get the hang of it is the easier part of it. Yeah. It's fighting that fucking itch and that weird discontentment and that weird neediness and fucking, you know, I mean, that's yeah. the evolution, right? Yeah. But I, I get to the, I'm at the point now where I don't know. I mean, though I subscribe to the notion that alcoholism is a disease and yeah. it's treated as like a disease, sure. you will recover from it like it's a disease. I think with me it's not a disease. I mm. think with me it's a character description. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? A description? Yeah, it's, 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 I'm a personality type. What's your personality type? Right. Alcoholic. Some people are winter. Some people are summer. I'm a fucking alcoholic. And alcoholic covers a few different things. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just what I am. Sure. You know? So I can no more be cured of my personality. Right. Then, you know, then I can't be cured of my personality. I've tried, you know, right. by drinking, paradoxically. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so... 
But there's also that, like, there's the alcoholic personality type, but like, if you deal with it and, and you work through it you, you, and you're not dry, you're not like sort of cranky and edgy and right. controlling. There, there, and, are, you there know. are ways to relieve the symptoms. Right, right, Absolutely. yeah, right. But then you, then you become a you know, talk show host or something. Well, the talk show host thing is kind of a weird thing. That kind of snuck up on me. I had no desire to ever do that. And I actually don't even know if I am a talk show host now. I think what I am is a kind of, there's a, what we used to call in Scotland a chancer. Yeah. You know, it's, I fucking just fell into it. Well, what happened? No oh, so you get okay. So you go back. You do Rocky Horror. You do some TV in UK, and yeah. then and then they fly you back for Drew Carey. No, How's then it? I get sober. Then I start doing stand up, and, and and I, after about six seven months of being sober, I start doing stand. I hadn't done stand up for a while because I was doing this West End show. So mm -hmm. I like I have eighteen months off or something. I do stand up. First couple don't so go go so great, but I stay with it. Then I go. What day do you feel shaky? Yeah, afraid. You yeah. know, I was a lot of fear. And then they go, they go okay. Then they get better. Then I realize I'm much fucking better. I'm not as good as I thought I was, but I'm far, far, far better than I had ever been. Right. Um, and so a balance began to get struck, and I started to do shows, and the shows were doing okay, and I was repairing my reputation in Britain pretty well. You know, you burned some bridges. Yeah, I, I think I, but, but things were, and people were very forgiving. And after a while, the, you know, they had seen that I'd been sober for a year, a year and a half. And you were out of the character now. No more being. No Hitler. more bang. Just me. So talking. they were they tired of being Hitler anyway? So no, I, mean, I, I don't know if they were, but I was. You yeah. Know? I mean, uh, and and I guess what happened was that I. Uh, I was doing well, and yeah. things were doing okay in Britain. And then I did the Edinburgh Festival again, 1994. This time I'm sober. An I'm hour? A, I'm doing an hour now, and it's a big theater, and it's a big hit show. And what was it called? It was called, it was just me doing stand-up, and I called the show Love, Sex, Death, and the Weather. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm doing the show, and the show is reviewed well. It's packed every night. They add extra shows, all that good stuff that yeah. you wish would happen to yeah. you in Edinburgh. I got, I got one, and that was it. And, um, well, I got the other one much earlier when I was drinking, but that was a kind of underground thing. Oh, yeah. This was big. This big, the Scots then gave you the good reviews? And yeah, then, yeah, know. all of that. Did you win the festival? No, I wasn't even in competition. It was like, oh. it was too big. You yeah. know? I, I mean, um, and what happened was that an American manager who had seen me in Montreal years before. Who's that? A guy from New York called Rick Siegel. Uh -huh, I know Rick Siegel. And Rick had seen me drinking. I met him, yeah. And Rick had... You know, he'd busted me on the Bing Hitler name, and I got talking because Rick's a Jew, and I yeah. was like, "No, no, it's nothing anti-Semitic." See the act, and he saw the act, and he's like, "Oh, right, oh, yeah. I get it." And then we became kind of buddies, and I liked him. And when uh, I met him in uh, again in in uh, in Edinburgh in '94, he yeah. said to me, "What the fuck have you done? You've lost thirty-five pounds, and you look twenty years younger. What the fuck?" I said, I, I quit drinking. And he's like, you have got to come to America. You've got to come. You've got to come now. And I was like, actually, I don't want to now because I'm, I'm just taking care of shit here. Yeah. He said, come for three weeks. I said, I can't. It's too long. I said, all right, 10 days. Give me 10 days. I'll get you a deal in the U.S. And I went, all right, you get me a deal in 10 days. So I took a vacation, came to California in November of 94 for 10 days. And he trotted me around everywhere. And eventually, I got a, after 10 days, I got a holding deal for pilot season with Disney. And uh, and then they brought me over for pilot season the following January, January 95. 
uh, on my third edition for a pilot, I get this pilot with Betty White. Uh, Betty White and Marie Osmond. Mm-hmm. It's called Maybe This Time. Yeah. So I do the pilot and I think, oh, fine, I'll do that, get out of the way. The pilot gets fucking picked up. <laughs> the show goes on the air on ABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, after about a dozen, maybe less, I go to the producer of the pilot, Michael Jacobs, and say, I, I got to quit. This is the worst fucking show. I, it's, it's t- I hate it. And he's like, are you crazy? Nobody quits a pilot. You're a fucking, you're a, a, a show. Nobody quits a show. You don't quit a sitcom. Yeah. This is you. You'll never have to work again. If this thing goes, I'm like, I like working and I don't like doing this. This is, this is bullshit. Uh, so he was like, oh, you got to go talk to Disney. So I go and talk to Dean Valentine, who at that time is the head of Disney television. Yeah. And I say, I want out of here. And everyone's like, oh, you'll never get out. And he goes, okay. <laughs> and he paid me to the end of the season. Really? Yeah. Ever that guy needs me to collect his groceries or... You know, give you his go. kids an intern at sure. show the end like that. And he needs, he can just call me. That's cool. Yeah? You yeah, still, he let me out. But did you still have the same relationship with them or it was done? No, we were done. The deal was over. Oh, they canceled the show. He knew he was going to cancel the show. And uh, I saw him after that later on yeah. at a party. Yeah. And I said, I can't thank you enough for what you did. And he said, look, I'm looking at you and I'm looking at this show. And I'm thinking, you've got a future in this town, but this show fucking doesn't. Who do I make friends with? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's a smart guy. That was great. Yeah, that and, re- that's a good story. Yeah, that's a good politics story. Yeah, he was, he was Show terrific. business politics. Smart. You know, yeah. just, and I was out of that show. I fucked around, went for a couple of auditions, and then auditioned. I get this job to audition for the Hispanic photographer on a new show. This is how bad casting is. A, a new show they're making called Suddenly Susan with Brooke Shields. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Right, so they, they bring me in to be the Hispanic photographer. I, like, do my Latino accent. Everybody's fucking laughing their ass off. It's terrible. Uh, and then at the end of it, Tony Sepulveda, who's head of casting at that time at Warner Brothers, said, that's the worst Latino accent I ever heard. And I went, yeah. And, I, and he said, but, <laughs> but the Drew Carey show, which is a year in, is looking for an English boss. Can you do an English accent? And that's when I said, si, senor, yes, I can. <laughs> and, and, that's, and they gave me three episodes on Drew Carey. And I, they just after two episodes, they said, "You want to stay?" And I went, "Yeah." And I stayed. Uh, and that's years. how you planted your flag. That's it. It's the story. And that was a full run. But then you were you were, you were done with that. Yeah. You made a lot of money, and you were just hanging around. Lost it all, though. Doing know. what? Divorce. Well, divorce. You know, that's pretty expensive. Gamble. No, 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 no. Just I don't, regular stuff. Yeah, just divorce. Divorce is enough, man. Horrendous. Lost it all. All of it. All of it. Have you let that go? Seven years of prime time. Yeah, I have now. I mean, you know, I've been doing this show longer than I did Drew Carey. So, you know. Oh, is. Isn't that fucking criminal? Well, yeah. I, I got to say, I'm at peace with it now, but it took a while. Horrendous. Yeah. Because between the lawyers and what they get. It's all the lawyers. The lawyers get most of it. All of it. Yeah. And, and because the lawyers... They turn out your ex because they don't trust you anymore. Right. So they're going to trust the lawyer. Right. And the lawyer's telling them, oh, he's hiding money. Right, it, right, all of that. And they do all that. And they create discord so that they can keep it open. Yeah. Because resolution means the end of the revenue. Stream. I know. So yeah. They, so, so even you can't, you can't trust your lawyer. Right. <laughs> you can't trust anybody. It doesn't make sense. It's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty tough. All right. So, okay. So you didn't want to be a talk show host. So how'd that offer uh, reveal itself? Well, what happened is uh, Kilborn famously quits, right? He's doing this show and he quits. He didn't like the money or something like that. I mean, I think it was as simple as that. Good decision he made, huh? He's I done all right for himself. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, listen. Where I, is he? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I really don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't know why he did it. But you know what? I'm glad he did. Yeah. So he did it. And then, you know, it was pretty 
you know, most people remember what happened. They had a bunch of people try out for the show, a lot of different. I think I might have. Yeah. No, Michael Ian, no, I didn't make the cut. No, Michael Ian Black did. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he came pretty close. He was my stiffest competition, I uh-huh. think, Michael. And um, they, they narrowed it down to four. It was Michael Ian Black, uh, D.L. Hughley, me, and uh, Damien Fahey. And then I got it, you know. Do you know what, what was what was the decision process? LaSalle. Peter LaSalle was what did it. Yeah. Peter LaSalle was a producer of this show to this day. And the Tonight Show, right? Tonight Show for 30 years. He took Dave over to uh, uh, CBS when the whole NBC, Leno, Letterman thing happened. He uh, he mentored Jon Stewart. Um, he He's like, he's kind of He was like, very complimentary of my stand-up. Was he? Yeah. Well, I, see, that's good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Because if he doesn't like your stand-up, he won't talk to you. Yeah, no, I, I, it was very exciting to meet him. Yeah, you weren't he, there, of course. No, no, I was, <laughs> <laughs> no, that comes later. That's when Peter says, you should see this guy. Um, <laughs> We're going to put him on your show tonight. Yeah, we have tape of him. Peter's a, Peter's a legend, though, in this Yeah, game. no, I know. Yeah. And so what happened was I came in and did one night because they'd asked me to do one night. Right. And, uh, and I said to, to Peter at the time, because I met him and I knew who he was and yeah. stuff, and I said, thanks for letting me do this. This should be a lark. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, Can I get a copy of that tape? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he said to me, yeah. I'll never forget it. And he said, this is not a lark. He said, he looked at me right in the eye and he said, I have one discernible skill, and it is finding guys like you. And if I'm right, you're lightning in a bottle. And you're going to be here for a long time. And I went away and I thought, he's out of his fucking mind. Yeah. He's crazy. Yeah. And then after I'd done the show for like a week, I was like, oh, no, I get it. I get it. I, I should do this. And I do. You're different than other guys. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I think that's true. You uh, like, cause, you know, I, I mean, I grew up watching Letterman. You know, I, I know John kind of. From back when we were younger, I know Leno. I watch Carson. I watch Kimmel. Yep. You uh, you do something that no one does, which is a long form monologue. Yeah. You build a relationship with the audience in a genuine way. Yeah. The the camera becomes sort of eavesdropping on your relationship with the audience, and then you talk directly to the camera. So you're kind of working all angles with the audience. I also don't have a plan. No, I know. Yeah, I can Not see that. Not just for the show, but for after the show. Like, I don't have a plan. I don't have a plan for the Tonight Show. I don't want the Tonight Show. I don't no, want No, but like these. your style, though, it's just like you kind of, you kind of, impro- it feels fr- it feels raw. It is. I mean, I have some material. Yeah, I mean, of course. I have, I have good writers, writers on the show who provide me with good shit to do in the monologue. And then the rest of it, we'll, we'll figure it out. Like that, that, the opening part of the show, that three minute bit at the beginning, I don't know what's going to happen until they say five, four, three, two, and then we go. And that, if I bring somebody out of the audience or I do something that's else. That's before the credits. That's that, before the credits. So that gets that, that makes it all very real to you. No, I don't shoot that until after the monologue. You don't? No, because i got to be pumping for that thing to work. Oh, really? Yeah, so I shoot the monologue first. And then you riff? And then I riff. Ah. But I riff during the monologue. The more I riff during the monologue, because like, the monologue isn't written like I'm reading it. The monologue's bulleted. Bullet points, yeah. Right, so I, I do it. And if I start, like some nights I do maybe 20% of what's even bulleted. Right. And if that's what happens, then, you know, then we're off to the races. But you're know. not really doing monologue jokes. You're doing long no. form, yeah, kind of like weave like, and things. Th- tonight we're going to talk about Dickens. So there'll yeah. be, you know, Dickens. And well, that's fresh because Dickens is in the news 200 right years now. old today. Oh, is it today? That's why. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 
Also, I don't are you going to do fuck, a, you know, like, a it, Dickensian it's, monologue? Yeah, you know, I mean, if you get paid by the word, the monologue would be longer. Yeah. But all right, so now the interview style, because I've done a lot of shows where I do panel, and I've never been through a pre-interview process like your show. Like I, the producer gets on, he's like, all right, when, where were you born? Uh, where'd you grow up? Uh, what, what day is your birthday? Uh, do you have a favorite fruit? I mean, like I, it was like 30 <laughs> questions. Yeah. And then like what, what that made, what, what happened was that means I get out there and I don't know what the fuck you're going to do. That's right. And neither do I. Uh-huh. And then, then we see, because yeah. like all the stuff that they do, like the segment producers who do the pre-interviews. Yeah. I pass an eye over it. Yeah. You know, only so I know, like if they've written down something like, you know, his mother just died, so I'm like, all right, don't bring Maybe, up. Your yeah, mother. right, right, right. That's the kind of that's what I'm looking for in the pre. Oh, so just what not to talk? Yeah, about. where's the fucking potholes? Just right, in case, right? You know, so like, like uh, he's a deeply committed Scientologist. I don't right. want to come up and yeah, start talking to you about Scientology. How shitty L. Ron Humbert is, right? Oh, you know, I don't want to do anything like that. Yeah, you know, because that's why the. But fuck you just want it to be real. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be a good way to go. Some more people are doing it that way, but I, I find that like sometimes, do you find? You think you're a good interviewer? No, I don't actually. I think why? What I, I think what I am is I'm a good uh, I'm a good conversationalist. I, right. I, I can talk to people. But if you've got something you want to keep from me, you can keep it from me. Well, no, but I mean, like in the sense that, like you know, clearly the type of interview you're doing is different than what I'm doing here. We're not talking for an hour. You're talking for seven minutes, right. maybe twelve. If if it's two seconds, I approach it the same way. It's like, well, I'll talk until they flash a light, saying, "Right, stop." Right, you know? right. But do you have do you have trouble sometimes with guests? Oh yeah. I yeah, mean, because because yeah. sometimes I mean you'll 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 talk a lot. Yeah, well, I've, I <laughs> you'll know that's when I'm having trouble. When the guest is not talking, then I'm like, one of us has got to fucking talk. So it's either it's going to be you or it's going to be me. But one of us has got to do it. Yeah, go. You know. <laughs> yeah. And, and if they don't do it, then fuck them. It's my show. I don't want it to suck, so I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> You'll come on my show and make it suck by being an asshole. If, you, if you're going to be an asshole, you're going to have to do it in your own fucking time. And, and, and I'll keep talking. And I want the audience laughing. And I want yeah. it fucking... Yeah. Do you have a list of assholes? There's a sin bin. <laughs> There's a sin bin of people who won't be back. Really? Oh, yeah. Because uh, they're just bad guests or you didn't like them? A bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mostly it's because they're uh, bad guests. Some yeah. people are just because they're fucking assholes. Yeah, you know, and you know I don't I don't want them to come back. Mm -hmm. But most of the time I view it like it uh, like it's kind of a business. I don't, you don't have to love everybody, but it's a customer. Sure, of you know, course, yeah, like, yeah, come yeah. On in. yeah. What well, do you, you do you know it's show business. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. So how many? So you're still doing a lot of stand up. You've written two books. Is that a joy of yours, or is it just something you're done with? Well, the first one, the novel, was was uh, an act of pure love. Um, what was I, that called? I, Between the Bridge and the River, and that it got it got well reviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah it did well. Um, and I wrote that before I got this job. Right, uh, just before I got this job. In between, in between the Drew Carey show and this, I wrote that. You're novel. like you're going to write a novel. Yeah. Well, I had done a movie that I was unhappy with. And written it or been in it? I had written it, I'd been in it, I directed it. Oh, and what and, happened and, to that? And then I looked at it and went, I hate this movie. <laughs> it's out, it's not available? It's called uh, I'll Be There. You can get it on DVD. Yeah. And I don't like it. And it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. And I thought, how the fuck can that happen? If you write a movie and you're star in the movie, yeah. and you direct the movie and it turns out not like you want, how the fuck can that happen? No and one to but, blame but yourself. Uh, well, that that's, you see, that's where I disagree. 
I blame myself 90% for that movie. But I blame the producers 10%. They didn't make the same movie as me. They didn't want to make the same movie. They shouldn't have been in business with me. And I, you know, that's why I take most of the blame because I shouldn't have been in business. So it wasn't an independent film. It was... No, it was for uh, Morgan Creek Productions. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, How'd they ruin it? Ugh, it's casting. It's all about casting and, and development. See yeah. that word development? Yeah. You know, uh, too many people involved. Yeah, yeah. You know, too many people who don't do what you do. Yeah. It's like having fucking audience members coming up and discussing the joke before you tell it. You go, right. no. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, you like it, you don't like it. I don't fucking. Yeah. It's not a democracy. Right. So, so the reason I went to the novel is I thought I want to try telling a story where I listen to no one. Um, and take no counsel from anyone about anything they want or think should be in the story. Yeah. And then that's when I wrote the novel. And I like it. I'm proud of that novel. It's a good book. Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and it's the way I would have it be. And the memoir, is a, that's the second book? Yeah. The memoir is more of a kind of... I got juice. I can sell a book? No. I, that was the beginning of it. What happened was... I had just done a White House Correspondence Dinner, and so I got a big, big offer from HarperCollins right. to do a book. And, and I said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll have somebody write it. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to somebody. Yeah. I'll take all this fucking money. And, yeah. then, and, then I, I, and then I started to think about who I would do it, and I was angry at non-existent people that I hadn't met right. for getting my book wrong. But, right. And so, so I wrote it myself. And what happens is, well, you know that. I mean, even if you're doing a shitty gig somewhere, you want it to be the best you can fucking be. Yeah. Know? And so I started writing the book, thinking, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll do this myself. And then when I got into it, I really kind of it mattered to me, and it does matter to me, and I, I think I did a good job, and that, uh, and it, and it tells the story as accurately and as honestly as I can remember it. Right. You know, it was. Uh, How's your memory? It's okay, I think. Isn't it weird? Are you having problems? I mean, I'm 48 and I'm starting to lose things. No, no? I, you got most every of now it? and again a name will drop out, like what the, like a little air pocket. I'm like, but I just not not because you've lived in a lot of different places as I have too. You still can place everybody in the right geographical location. No, or? I don't know. I don't think about it that much. I got the show to do. Right? No, but like when someone comes up to you, hey, Greg. Oh and you're like, no, oh, that I, see that's fucked. What <laughs> happens is. That's terrible yeah. because what happens if, if you get any degree of fame, yeah. even the little amount of fame that I've got, people come up to you and go, hey, Craig, and you don't know and if you've met him or yeah. not. Right, and they'll play you. Yeah. And you're like, uh, shouldn't I? Uh, did we? Yeah. No, you can't say that because then you're insulting them. Right, right. So, you just play along until so you, you go, realize. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you try yeah. and yeah, yeah. go through it. What was that time we, yeah. Where was the last time I saw you? That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is fucked up. Uh, who's on the show tonight? I don't know. All right. Um, That's all right. Know. There's no reason for you to know. Um, I'll, you got I'll recognize them when they come out. When did we last see yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for talking to me. Uh, no, it's nice to be on your podcast. All right. We good? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay, that's it. I bet you learned a few things. Thank you for listening. Please go to WTFPod.com. Get yourself set up with some shit. Some WTF Pod shit. If you want to, get the app. Get on the mailing list. Check the episode guide before you start annoying me to, to book people that I've already booked before. 
Maybe uh, maybe make a few comments if they're pleasant and not completely asinine and hurtful. Uh, perhaps get you know hooked up with some just coffee.coop. Yep. Pow! Look out! I just shit my pants. Just coffee.coop available at wtfpod.com if you get the WTF Pod blend. The WTF blend. I get a little something on the back end, kicking a few shekels. Do what you want. Watch a few videos. So many things to do. Pick up the first 100 episodes on DVD. Get linked up to some of those special episodes that you may have missed on iTunes Premium. Go look at pictures, see old videos, whatever. Do it. You know, do what you need to do. I'm gonna be on Conan next week on Wednesday. Already taped it. Went good. I feel fucking disgusting. I made my own almond milk and the Vitamix. That's something. <laughs>